Hello, and welcome to the Moonlighters Club. I'm your host, Joel Edwards, as well as my co-host, Sean Beggut. This podcast highlights entrepreneurs who work full-time and spend their free time growing their business. We're employees by day and CEOs by night. But before I get started, I'd like to give you some background on who we are, what we do, and why we do it. So a Moonlighter is defined as someone who works an additional job after one's regular full-time employment as at night. I consider myself one. I uh, started out as a regular kid like everyone else, thinking about what job I was going to do for the rest of my life while I was growing up. Uh, the issues were I questioned everything. I didn't follow orders. I'm not a good employee. Not because I don't try. Well, kind of because I don't try that hard. But I just questioned everything, including my own existence. Like, why do I have to do this? What am I doing? What's the purpose behind all of this? The same thing followed me all the way through high school. I would go to class. I could get the material, ace test, but I wouldn't do homework. Just never understood the structure of why. I just questioned structure all the time. So after that, I took that same attitude to college. And about the fourth time I went to college, I focused on a major. And I said, you know what, let's just do business because I like suits. I like haircuts that are fresh, <laughs> like making a lot of money. I like nice cars. And then someone told me about entrepreneurship. And all I knew about entrepreneurship was Diddy. I knew that Diddy had a lot of money. He ran marathons. He was the first dude with a mohawk. I'm just like, yeah, I just want to do that. I don't know what that actually means. I just knew people said they were entrepreneurs. Just meant, you know, they made a ton of money and that girls liked them. So I guess, I, you know, let's do this. Let's try this whole entrepreneurship thing. Until teachers actually took me to the task of figuring out what that was. So throughout three pretty decent years at Suffolk University, I figured out I wanted to build a mobile app. This is a mobile app called FitUs. It was going to make gym members find workout partners. We were going to raise a ton of money. We were going to get a ton of users in about two years' time. I was going to move to Silicon Valley. I was only going to wear hoodies like Zuckerberg. And I was just going to start balling out. I had no sense of time. I had no sense of work. I just knew it was going to work. And the whole time I'm knowing that graduation's coming up, but it's not going to matter. Fitness is going to be big, and I'm going to just be chilling on this jet somewhere. And then I graduated, and I realized food costs money. Things cost money. So I had to get a, I had to get a job. I had to work. I had to figure out what I was going to do with this diploma that said entrepreneurship, which isn't really a skill. It doesn't really say you can do much. It just means you know a little bit about a lot of things. So with that came a lot of frustration. I mean, I've worked everywhere you could possibly imagine. Print shops, I mean, FedExes, the UPSs of the world, corporate offices, tons of interviews. And the app didn't go the way I dreamed. It's different when you get out of college. It's real life. You got to figure out how you're going to build products, how you're going to make money, how you're going to acquire money from strangers. A lot of stuff goes into it. So all I know now is for this to work, I got to keep working at it, but I also have to keep working. I can't be out here living on the street. I can't live with my mom anymore. Uh, I was cool with it for a pretty long time, but uh, that can't fly. So when I started working my current job, I told them that in the interview. I said, you know what? This is, I, I want to work here. I didn't tell them why. The why was because I just needed money for food and clothes. But I told them that I had an app on the side. Like, I really want to make this work in the future. I won't be here forever. And they were fine with that. And then what I found out is there were about 15 to 20 people at my place of employment that had the exact same dreams. And I thought it'd be pretty cool for us to have a forum to tell our stories. And that's how we came up with the uh, Moonlighters Club. There are people who love what they do for a living. Me, I, I don't really hate it. I guess I just not fond of being an employee. So I want to do whatever I can in my power to not be one one day. And there are a lot of people who feel like me. So 
that's why we're here. But we're not here really to find out about the business. I don't really want to talk about financing rounds and products and flow charts. I want to figure out about the lifestyle. I want to talk about how frustrating it is to do this, the lack of sleep we get, what drives us, what makes us special. Are we even special? Should we be doing this? What are our relationships like? Are they strained? The people around us, the people who love us, are we helping them or are we hurting them? Is this thing realistic? So I want to extend this microphone, not just to me, but to everyone. What's your story? What's your passion? And today we're going to hear about Sean's. Sean Bedgood, who will be able to fill you in a lot better than I can. It's a friend of mine. We grew up together from back in the day. We were two young black men from Roxbury who did a lot of non-black things like play instruments and musical bands, which is how we met at a summer camp at Berkeley. But we lost touch and we met up and I realized Sean was doing the same exact thing that I was. Sean is a full-time cop, a real cop, not the type of cop that like beats the shit out of people for no apparent reason. But at the same time, Sean is a stand-up comedian, full-time stand-up. And he's not just your typical run-of-the-mill. He wants to write, he wants to do movies. He also wants to try, he wants to do tons of things. He wants to travel, he wants to pitch things. He's got big dreams, uh, but he has to work. He has to eat just like I do. And I thought it'd be cool for us to hear a little more from Sean. Sean, why do you do what you do, Sean? What's up? What's up, Joe? What's up, man? <laughs> Hold on. Quick correction. I'm not from Roxbury. Don't, don't, don't. Well, okay. I'm sorry. No, we can yeah, clarify. Yeah. We'll clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not from, I'm, I'm from Dorchester. And that, <laughs> yes, that matters, listeners. That's the same thing. <laughs> No, it's not the same thing, brother. It is not. It's two totally different places. Just to clarify, Sean lives in Roxbury right now, so he's ours. Technically, my, my address <laughs> is Dorchester. Okay. 139 Howard at. Well, I'm not going to say. Well, they don't care. Um, <laughs> they don't give a shit. They're not going to like show up at my crib like, yo, what's up with I that? Heard that I heard that first episode of that podcast. I, it's really neat to me. I feel you. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, man. Um, Let's talk about, because you aren't from Roxbury, actually. Or really Boston. So where are you originally from? From from Originally I'm from Alabama, that's where it all started. What part of Alabama? I was born in Selma. Selma. Bloody that's bloody Sunday, right? Uh <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring up old shit. <laughs> that's, saying, I, that's how I remember it. Because <laughs> I'm not from the South. That's all we were here, the bad things. Right, right. Um <laughs> but yeah, that's where I was born and um I grew up not grew up well, I lived in southern Alabama until I was about um, in grade school, and then I moved here to the miserable neighborhood of Roxbury <laughs> when I was five during the Reagan administration. <laughs> do you do you remember it? Do you remember Alabama? Do you remember like being a kid there? Oh yeah, yeah man. I um, because my mother and father are from two different um, parts of Alabama. My father's from it's more of a town. My mother's from the country, like dirt roads, from middle nowhere. Yeah, and that's where I lived. I lived in the family house. Okay, and I lived on my father's side too. All right. Like a year, and then um, we moved up here, and I was kind of back and forth until uh, about nine or ten or something like that. So. How? Why did they move in? Did they move together? Was it just one parent or the other? No, my father moved. My mother moved up first with me and my sister. Okay. Then my father moved. I think a year or so later. See, I'm trying to. It felt like ten years, but I was like five. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I think it was like a year later he moved up. So what were you like in school? Like, were you? Not a good, not a good, um, bad conduct, man. What kind of bad? Were you being kids up? Were you nah, telling nah, jokes? Nah, were you just skin. not showing up? I'm light skinned, man. We don't beat up anybody. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I was just like, 
kind of like what you were saying in the beginning about structure. I hated the whole structure of school. Okay. Like having to sit in the you know in the class all day with someone barking at you. So I would get restless. You know, I would either daydream a lot or get really restless and be disruptive. So I was always, dis- but I was a good student when I paid attention. Okay. Do you homework? Know? Huh? You do homework? Hate homework. It's the worst thing in the world. It's pretty awful. Worst thing ever. It's just, yeah. That's like a reminder. It's you know stupid. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yo, we just raped 30% of your day, but here's a reminder <laughs> of that raping you went through from 7 to, to 3 p.m. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's stupid. Where'd you go to high school at? West Roxbury High School. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good Roxbury. Uh, so so here's, here's the thing. Let me say this. This is the thing with West, Rox, with, with West Roxbury. First of all, it's just west of Roxbury. There's nothing Roxbury about West no, Roxbury. No, not at all whatsoever. It's grass, and, lawns. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I went to a Boston public school. There's literally like five white people in the whole school. So my school's in the suburbs, right. but no one from the suburbs went to my high school. They went to Newton South. Newton North, right, yeah. Needham, or, yeah. or one of the prep schools in the area, Roxbury Latin. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was that was that was interesting, and it was almost like bussing a little bit in a sense. Like um, when I say bussing, I mean now nah, it's not the right word. You saw in the sixties where people would chase buses because the black kids were going to school in the white neighborhoods. No, 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 yeah, that's not that's not the word I wanted to use. Um, so they weren't chasing your bus and throwing rocks at you. No, nah, they weren't doing that. <laughs> First of all, high school, Boston public schools don't get don't get buses. The buses take you to a train station. Yeah, exactly. They don't take you. I know. Home. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> you know what I'm I've saying? Been it's there. like a cattle herd. You know, people jumping in the back. They open yep. an emergency latch. It, it was the weirdest. Day. Everyone's eager to get to school to not do work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like people who work. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. 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 Right. But but um. But yeah, that 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 was that man. That's why I went with the West Roxbury High School. What kind of student in high school? Grades? Is this the same? Like decent grades, not decent grades. Uh, my grades was kind of trash. A lot of it was the you know the um the homework and shit, and, which accounts for a lot of you. A grades well at least at the time so I, I was like a b minus student or something like that that's not pretty good for someone who doesn't give a you know doesn't give a shit b minus is pretty good yeah but if i told you my um my g my uh my sat scores that would change the whole what were your sat scores sean that's is it <laughs> i knew someone who got like a four on and i think you get two for the name just put your name on you get a two for the name yeah. right all right she got i'm not gonna say your name but she got like a four and she was bigger than me at the time. I was a small kid, so I didn't say anything in her face. But <laughs> <laughs> we all knew she was going to struggle with the rest of her life. Were they that bad? Were they like, did you, did you not test well? or No, I didn't test well. Um, math, math is my worst subject. Terrible at math. Yeah, just, okay. just doesn't. It's one of those things, that, like you get it or you don't get it. I never got it. It never made sense. Everything else I could do well. Okay. Math, I couldn't do well. So that part of it was bad. And then just a lack of focus. You know, yeah. again, having to sit there and for like three or four hours, man. So I didn't prep well. That's I could have did better if I had the right prep. At what point did you realize I'm kind of funny? And you looked in the mirror, you're like, yeah. Uh, I knew that from middle school. Really? Yeah, I knew that from elementary school. What kind of funny? Were you mean funny? Like, I'm just going to make fun of this fat dude and everyone's going to laugh at him? Were you like chill funny or did someone have to get hurt in that room? I was mean funny. <laughs> I was always I was witty, always witty, but mean funny. Do you remember those kids you used to pick out? Do you ever yeah. see them? Did you ever see them? Yeah, yo, kids hold on to shit, man. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yo, my own um, my boy was telling me about someone he saw in elementary school he went to, and she was like, "Oh, what's up with Sean?" 
He's a, well, she asked him if who he run into from high from from school or whatever. Cause she, we all knew each other from elementary school, so they knew each other from elementary school. So she asked my boy who he run into. If you keep in contact with anyone. I came up. She's like, man, f that motherfucker. Ah, I hated him, and I was like, yo, I, I was like eight, bro. Like, what did you do there? What did you? Do? I don't know. Probably clowned it. <laughs> Is it hair jokes? Probably hair jokes or something. <laughs> yeah, probably messed up. <laughs> what then? Because this is something I always struggle with. Was I just felt college was just something you everyone's supposed to do, right? Just like graduate from high school. But you're not really that interested in school at this point in your life. What got you to even apply to go to school? Like, was it parents? Was mom? Was it just seeing your friends do it? I I knew it wasn't the wrong thing to do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, so my mother was a teacher. My, both my grandmothers were teachers. Right. You know what I'm saying? My 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 uncle was also an academic. You know, so it was like I and and that was something that. That they would kind of push on me a little bit, well, uh, not too forcefully, but my mother, my grandmother wanted me to be a doctor. Okay. Because my uncle was supposed to be a doctor, but that didn't work out for him. And my mother always wanted me to go to school too, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go in this direction. I don't know what I want to do, but I'm going to go in this direction because I know it's it's not a bad choice to make. You know, right. because a lot of people around me were weren't doing shit. So okay, getting in trouble. How many schools did you apply to? I applied to like four. All local? Yeah. Yeah, I applied to like, and I, I didn't apply to my senior year, I think. I applied to one school my junior year, and then I didn't pay attention to it until two weeks before graduation. Do you remember the schools? Yeah, I got in the Fisher. I got in the Bay State. I got in the Bunker Hill. I got in the Wentworth. And I got waitlisted. And Wentworth? That's a that's that's good one. No, it was, I just signed up. <laughs> they just wanted 100 bucks. That's it. To a hundred dollars to secure my spot, and it was like, yeah, you would have been in Wentworth. That's right actually like a really good school now. Like they give you it's, yeah, now it yeah, is Wentworth. We're talking the same Wentworth, right? Institute yeah, Technology. Wentworth, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good great school, school. Engineering. Yeah, I used to go to the parties and shit. I remember that. Yeah, well, yeah. but but um, I didn't get in the Northeast. I didn't get in the UMass Boston. That one hurt my. I was really? Like, Damn. Yeah, really. Because I, I skipped the interview process. Uh, okay. But my grades, like my grades were shit. You you're yeah, applying with yeah. a two point eight or whatever the fuck I had. And a bad, terrible SAT score wasn't looking wasn't looking too good. So and then Suffolk. Yeah. So with Suffolk, my boy, I remember I didn't go to college the the semester I was supposed to. So I just worked and saved bread. And my boy was like, "Yo, you should apply at Suffolk." I'm like, "For real?" He was like, "Yeah, I know someone that got in with a 1.7." I said, "Done, <laughs> done and done." So I signed up, and they didn't need SAT scores. More good news. And and, and, um, <laughs> and and then I had an interview with some badass Spanish chick. I remember that. I was like, damn. So we had an interview, and I wrote I wrote a paper, and I was like, yeah, we we need more Negroes. So yeah. Just to let everyone know, we're recording this at Suffolk University, the greatest college. <laughs> oh, no, greatest no, school. Something, something is awesome now. No, they they Suffolk like, accepts everyone because they just want to help. That's how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> they just like, want to help, man. Suffolk is that friend. Suffolk's that friend to all the girls who's around right when they get dumped. Like, he did that to you? Let me feed you grapes. And then, like, you know, it just takes all the leftovers. Suffolk's a bunch of almost Northeastern grads. It's a great school, though. I mean, I had a great time. Yeah, it's cool. it's, it's, yeah it was a good experience. But, I mean, yeah, we can go on and on about Suffolk, man. So what was, what was your major? How'd you pick your major? My, my, well, initially it was computer 
engineering or computer science. Something was one of the two. I think it was computer science. Then and then I realized it's a lot of math. I said, nope. Yes. And then um, I met someone here. He was like, yo, you should just major in sociology, criminology, and law. I said, word, I just major in sociology, criminology, and law. Because your friend told you. Yeah, because okay. that's what he was doing. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do that. So criminology and law, what was that like? That's like when Neo took that pill in the Matrix, man. Explain that. I'm, I'm like like he, was un- he was unplugged <laughs> from the Matrix and he knew the truth. So being black and from an urban neighborhood, you know, from the city, and and uh, you just look at things differently. You know what I'm saying? It's because you gotta understand if for most people, like when you're black, like you just know you could pull the race card. That's something you learn as a, a as a young kid. Exactly. Yes. It's you just, gotta time it right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, and, and even that, you don't even know that. You don't even know how to time it right. It's just nah, man. You know. Black people were slaves, and it's their fault. That's it. Like you don't, you don't know any. I didn't know, at least me personally, I didn't know any. That surface level shit when it came to. I didn't understand what institutionalized racism was, or like structured, systematic racism. That was something that I wasn't really privy to. So. How did you like? What kind of stuff were you finding out? Like, what was it? Just regular class curriculum stuff, or was it you? Like, what were you seeing? What were you hearing? Or you just like this kind of jack- well, you knew it was jacked up already, but were you like, wow? Well, I mean, learning the history of Boston, learning about the bus, the busing incident back in the day with right. people had a problem with black people going to South Boston High School because they see that was a civil service school. Yeah. All the cop jobs went to the Irish. So when black people were um, being allowed to go to South Boston, you're taking those cop jobs from the Irish. So that was the beef behind that whole that whole thing. And um, just 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 looking through that, looking through the details of that, you know what I'm saying. Um, um, but to make it more personal, there was things I experienced myself at, on on the job. Where I'm like, man, this is kind of foul. You know, it's interesting. I'm noticing that you've been a fish out of water, like the majority of your life, right? You come mm-hmm. from Alabama, you're here, mm-hmm. and you go to school. First of all, you're a black dude in college in Boston. That's already old thing. Yeah. But now you're you're doing your thing. And you're a criminology major. Yeah. And you kept your major the whole way. Yeah. There was never a sense of, I can't do this anymore. I got to change it. Nah, nah. Because it was, I was, um, college, see now how college works more for me. I did did better in college. I was a a dean's a student in college. Um, Because it was, it was like, you didn't have to go to school five days a week. You know what I'm saying? Um, You get to pick your your classes to, to a degree. And if you're not feeling it, you can walk the hell out of the class. And there's all sorts of breaks and stuff like that. And it was just, it was easier for me to excel in college than in high school. Did you have a plan for what you wanted to do with this degree while you were nah, in school not towards at the all. end? Nothing. Not at all, man. What happened with me is I started doing comedy my senior year of college. And that's the last year, really? Last year, yeah. Now, did you do stuff related to the school that had something to do with acting, entertainment, or anything of that nature? Um, yeah, I shot a couple of sketches. How'd you like Stuff it? Stuff like that. It was, it was, it was dope. For okay. WSUB, you know, like the television. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Club right club. Yeah. Yeah, so I was dope. I always wanted to act. Really? But yeah, I just never knew how to go about doing it. They didn't have that shit at my high school. No. What about theater? Like the, the musical theater? They had one musical joint. It was always this black chick and this gay dude that could sing. <laughs> and, you know, because the dude that could sing is always gay clearly. and shit in theater. the city. Right. Yeah, that's a, it's a fact. That's how it goes. But um, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But 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 that's it. It was a skinny, light skinned chick and the gay dude. And they both could sing, and that was the that was the Christmas show. 
It was no theater, man. Okay. Did you ever do that at Suffolk? Suffolk had a theater program, right? Suffolk had theater. So when I became an employee, I, I did theater. That's okay, when I did so my first play. Right. Yep. Then I started taking classes. Did you do uh, improv stuff? I think they have like an improv thing here. Nah, you're talking. They got talk soup, and then they have seriously bent. I didn't do either one. Of None them. of those. I tried out for seriously bent, but I wasn't trained trained enough yet to do. Okay. That. All right. So what what caused you to go stand up? Like a lot of people get told they're funny and that they should do stand up. When did you make the connection? Like I'm actually gonna do this. Well, I mean, it was people at Suffolk? My boy was like, "Yo, you should do fall fest." Put something together. Is it did you funny? Do it. And then um I didn't do it. And then a year later, um I I set up something during activities period. I was like, you know what I'm gonna do like twenty minutes of stand up, which is super ignorant to have never done. Yeah, that's, that's for a life. pretty long like, time, man. Yo, I got twenty right now. <laughs> that's, on really, fire. that's a really long time. Um it's like a full episode of The Simpsons without you right? Know? That's that's pretty yeah, it's pretty thorough. But I did that and then caught the bug and it was just started going online looking you up. You did twenty ways. minutes? Yeah, they're like 18 and some change. How many were good minutes? <laughs> right? I mean, if I looked at it now, none of it. But everyone was just excited to see me do it. Okay. That's the thing. When you first start doing comedy and your friends come to check you out, they're just happy to see you. Now, that third time, they're like, okay, this, this motherfucker ain't funny. <laughs> do you, <laughs> you remember? Be funny. You remember the first jokes you ever did? Um. Yeah, I did a joke. I did this corny joke. Um. That was inspired by something my friend said. It was um, it was when Bush was reelected. I think uh, he was running for reelection. What was the joke? And I said um, and then he got re- he got reelected, and I was like, you know um, this was supposed to be celibacy day. You know, no dick, no Bush. Like that 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 was it. Uh, you know, like one of them little. Okay. Yeah, Did people yeah. laugh? Yeah, they laugh. But I don't mean the I don't mean the You were trying, you were trying you it's whatever. Hey. Everyone has to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, that's you were out there. That's what that's what mattered. I talked about Stubblefield. Okay. Um and his hand is his non existent hand. I talked about working at Best Buy. You were at the Best Buy too? Yeah, I went to Best Buy. Nice. That, that was discount dope. was insane. Yeah, that, that free discount shit. was crazy. Yes. You're writing your writing your bag shit. Yeah. You know? okay. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about nah, yeah, I was talking about something totally. It don't matter shit. Best Buy I stole the iPod from you. Fuck you. I wasn't right? a cop. You were I don't know about the statue. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pay my rent, man. I need the iPod I got like three hundred for. So that last year, were you doing <laughs> school and like stand-up bits the whole year? Yeah, I was doing school, stand-up, and working at Best Buy. Okay, so that's a pretty full play. Yeah. Now, you're about to graduate. Mm-hmm. You, you walk across that stage. When in real life hit you? Like, did you think you could sustain yourself with comedy by the time you were getting around graduation? Were you like, yeah, I got uh, no way. So, no when in reality hit? Was it like, before graduation? Was it like, you across the stage, you're like, uh-oh. Like, what? It didn't. Really? Nah, I'm just, certain things are kind of like, uh, I'm real, uh, what's the word, I guess kind of apathetic towards, like like something, certain things are just, I'm like, whatever. Like, I graduated, I'm like, cool, I graduated, all right. So you weren't stressing? Nah. Not whatsoever? Yeah, but I was too lax though, like I didn't do no internships, I had no jobs. Did you interview? <laughs> I ain't shit, I ain't lying shit up. Did you own a suit? Yeah, I had a suit. Okay, I had a suit for. I had a suit. Uh, um, 
<laughs> you had that one church suit? <laughs> no, I had a few. I had a few. I had a few because I, I used to go to church a little bit because okay. I, when I was playing music. All right. Whatever. So I had a few suits and then um, I went and started temping. Okay. The transition. Like, I'm curious. So I did no internships. Right. I had no leads, no no relationships with anybody. Um, I went, I, I temped at First Marblehead Student Financial Services and I did really well there actually because by that point, by that, you know, at 22, 23, I knew better. I knew how to kind of function in the office. Okay. So I did pretty well, but I know I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want to have to do what I needed to do in order to exist in that environment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Without throwing a chair at somebody. Exactly. Um, so I knew the chief here at Suffolk. So I knew the chief of police. We had a relationship. And he was like, yeah, I'll hire you. And he hired me. And I was security for three and a half years. And I got a opportunity to go to the police academy they're like what 20 racks more yeah i'll take that boom you know um so i i went off to the police academy and that was that but but yeah it started with me being hired as a security officer so what's what is what goes on at the academy because i've always been curious like is it the exact same across board no matter what like where you want to be a cop at what i mean i'm sure it's different for like different levels but like cross schools cross certifications is it the same type of training you gotta take for the most part, yeah. So, like, I, I went to the State Police Academy. Now, that's the hardest academy to did, do. Did they, you have to go there? They, yeah, but I didn't go to the one at the Stadies. See, they have a modified program for SSPOs. Okay. So, that's what I was, a special state police officer. So, I was, was more like the city police, where it's set part, you know, 7 to 4, 30 every day. Okay. You would go, and then um, instead of six months, like the like city of Boston, mine was four. You, you you sleep it's like an overnight type deal. Yeah, I slept there, bro. Where's this at? New Braintree, Mass. I don't even know what that exactly. Where is that? It's Western Mass, way way out near like on the way to Amherst. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do for training? Like I'm just totally besides what they put in the movies, I have no uh, idea of what it's, happens. It's a bunch of bullshit, man. It's a bunch of like not a bunch of bullshit. It's a lot of stuff they try to cram in on you. Um. In that form of time, you know, like criminal law, criminal procedure, okay. and there's defensive tactics and water safety and all this other types of stuff. And there's something called EVOC is where you train to drive the cruises. Okay. And show you how to drive crazy. Did that you, was fun. That was fun? Yeah. All right. Was it a lot of test taking? Uh, yeah, it was a few. Okay. It was a few. All right. So four months. Mm-hmm. Get out of there. And you already know where you're going to be assigned? Yeah. So you knew you come back to Suffolk. To me. How was it? How was the honeymoon like period? When you first get to Suffolk, you gonna do all of the training, you graduate. What was that like being back, working, back in Boston? Um, well, at first it was a it was a, it was a big accomplishment because no one thought I could do it. They thought really? I was focused on comedy and and then I didn't because I didn't really want it. They didn't think that I was more so cut out for it. Did they know the people run like the people training you and all that stuff. They knew? Not like, them. Oh, no, not well, them. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. the people okay. here okay. is what I'm referring to, but they did know. Yeah, they, okay. They so know. they knew. They didn't think you could finish it and you finish it. So you're back. You have mm-hmm. a sense of accomplishment. Did you like the job for a specific amount of time Like while you're doing it? Like were you like in love with it? Did you not like it instantly? Or it, was it? Well, it was. the money was much better than security and then it was more freedom than being a security officer. But after a while, that shit wore thin. How long did it take? Three years, maybe two years, three years. 
Now, while you're doing this, is stand-up ramping down as you're trying to become a cop? Yeah, yeah. That was the least amount. And at that point, I was I was starting to hit my stride. I was making my, my name out in the scene. I had to take this little four-month kind of break where I was only doing it once a month for like four months. Did that hurt you? Yeah, a little bit, but I was able to regain form. It took like an additional four months after coming back to get back to where I was. Was there a, now you're back, you're doing, when you're a cop, was there a certain moment where you're like, I got to up, like I got to get back on my grind. Like I got to do way more spots. Or was it just a continuous? Right when I got back, I was I was you in. jumped right back in. I was right, I was like, yo, what did I miss? Really? Yeah, and I saw a couple cats that around me that was getting stuff and was on their way out. You know what I'm saying? So what's that like? We hear about other cities all the time, and like I mean, we're right by New York and L.A. Things of that nature. Stand up in Boston, young black man. What's that? What's that like? What's what's that lifestyle like? How how hard is it to even get spots out here when you're just starting? Um, you got to do mics and then build and make you you know build build up your um, your act and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like You're referring to open micing. Open mics. You can just walk in, request, say, I want to go on a night. Yep. If they have space, you go up and do your thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, How long what, were your spots? I was doing spots. I think I got my first pay spot after a year, year and a half. Really? Yeah. Damn. I got in the papers after three months. And they did this group article on the new up-and-coming comedians. Really? Yeah, and I was in that in old 2000 and something. So it took <laughs> it took you... Over a year to get paid, but you loved doing it. Did you care you weren't getting paid at all? No, it wasn't about the money. Wasn't I had money. a job. It didn't really matter. So, so you didn't need it. Mm-hmm. How many spots? How many shows a week this period? This fifteen? Maybe months? like three. Okay, you're talking about when I first start. When you first start, yeah, right. Before you get that, so you're doing three. Are these like all two or three mics, maybe. Open maybe mics like two mics. Okay, and then it, and then it increased a lot. Okay, now was this any of this affect? How does this affect your personal life when you're? Doing both early on. Are you juggling those pretty well? I mean, I was, uh, see, I'm alone here. You gotta keep in mind, no True. family, no, right. you know what I mean? So it was just, I loved it that it, it filled the, the time. It's, so. it's funny. So, how do your friends support, did they support stand up when you first started doing it? Oh, hell yeah. Like I said, your, your people are excited when you do something. That's something different. That's like a, that's a random type of trait, being a stand up comedian. It's just random. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting to people. Okay. So it's like, to know that your boy did it, or your boy's doing it, or your homegirl's doing it, you're like, oh shit, you know, I really want to go support. You know, I think so, it's interesting that you say that because I feel that I would think initially you would go into it and most people would kind of not, I don't want to say hate, it's just such a buzzword, but shoot it down. I don't know. Because I don't, I feel like people can see the success in it, but they don't see it. When you tell them you're going to do it, I think it's hard to make it palpable for them. But most people were with it. They supported it. Yeah. Okay. Did your employer know about this? Did anyone at Suffolk know anything about this stand-up lifestyle? Yeah, they, unfortunately, yeah. How'd they feel about it? Um, some people were cool and other people were like, like when you when you say you're a comedian, you kind of get this label. You know what I mean? And it's like, this dude is in law enforcement. Even if I was security, it's like, this dude's in law enforcement. He's doing comedy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was kind of, some people were like, eh. You know, but... I didn't too much care about what they thought about it. So did it affect the way they thought about you as a cop or as a person? Because I feel like that's just—I mean—that's something you do on the side. Or did they think you were any less 
functional at your position or they just didn't think I was serious. For some oh, reason, people okay. that do comedy, people don't take them seriously. No. Like it's like, dude, I'm not, you know, because I never I learned from when I was security not to talk about comedy at all. I didn't talk about that stuff at all, but after a while they started see people start seeing me. You see me in in ads and improper Bostonian or lineups that are posted in the papers or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. So and sometimes the students would see me too. Um but but uh yeah I'm not sure if that answers your question. Well kind of is it do you consider it did you do you consider it a job? It's funny I used to work at a comedy club in Minnesota, uh Acme. Acme. Yeah. And you think every comedian is going to be like the most hilarious person. And we met some funny people like all the way up to Robin Williams. Some of them are the most depressed people ever. And when they get off the stage, they're not funny. Like a lot of them, it was literally a job. Like they're just really good about putting this second face on. They go on stage, they do their sets and everyone's laughing. And they don't even want people to talk to them when the set's over. They're like, you don't touch me. Like I just want to get drunk in my hotel room by myself. Right. Do Is it to you... Was it a job? Were you two totally different people, not even just on the stage, but when you're around your friends who are comics, when you're in the club, when you're mingling with people either, and then you go out and you do your other job, um, whatever hour shit that you, you're working, are you just totally different? Do you, did you see that with yourself? See, it depends. See, they, they work a lot. Like someone like working comics on the road 40, 50 weeks a year. So it's like they're not always trying to be punched in. So when you come off stage, it's like... Yeah, I just want to chill. Right. I, yeah, I can't just be. I, you want to be funny in this bar? I'm just funny for an hour on stage. And I got to be funny in the bar. And I got to be funny in the lobby. So that's really what it is. It's not that they're not funny off stage. It's just they're exhausted. Because you're always. You can't always be on. You right. Know what I mean. What about you? So, so it, for me, I didn't work as much. So it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the same. I didn't start feeling like them until I started working a lot. Okay. You know. So um, then it was like, man. And then people have expectations once they learn you're a comic, you know. And like I said, people that know you want to announce that so much because it's such a, 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 a not so common trade that people have or are, are participating in. You know what I'm saying? So people always, you know, announcing you, so they want proof. They always want proof. You okay. Know I mean? Yeah, yeah. You tell. So you can sing, like sing. Something. You know what I mean? Oh, my friend's a singer. I want to hear you sing. They people just want proof, so they to the point where conversations are awkward. So. Yeah. I wouldn't want people to tell anyone I'm a, I was a comedian. Right. My family, don't tell anyone, man, because now they're like, he is word. They say, yo, man. Like, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Or they trying to set you up, man. Yeah. They want to set you up like, man, you a car. Yeah, man, my feet are sweaty as hell, man. Damn, you should smell my shit. Like, like what, do you, what do you want me to do right now? Like, Random question. While you're doing both, which one gets you more women? Cop, comic. They both get me ass. Really? Rate them. They both got me ass. <laughs> the uniform definitely gets you some some tang. Um, uh, <laughs> that uniform definitely gets you some tang, man. <laughs> so which one would you bring up first? Uh, would it depend on the bar that you're in? See, with comedy, I kept a business. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. So all the time, like... Yeah, off stage, you just told a crazy set, and the girls walk up like, oh my God, you're so funny. You're like, oh, I gotta go. Boom. Or I mean, debauchery. Sometimes I well, back in the day, I used to take up on you know when I was single. <laughs> okay, I, I would I would take up um, some opportunities. Never comics because we're fucking crazy. Right, but, but uh, waitresses, yeah, I knock a waitress down or two. You know, 
Um, what did you lead off with? If someone asked you what you did during that time frame, right? When you're rising, you're still, you're fine with the check, you're working as a cop. When people ask you what you did for a living, what'd you tell them? Police. Police. Mm-hmm. And I knew you told me, you know, the reason you don't want people to put you on that, you know, put the spotlight on you since so you tell them a comedian. Did one give you a, a certain feeling or the other? I mean, you know, like, I'm a cop as opposed to telling people, you I do stand up or people would find out about it. Did you feel better about one or the other? Um, did you, and that's a different, that's a different variable. I'm glad that you said that is because I noticed people who start businesses, they, they want to talk about that. They don't really want to tell you, oh, I'm an analyst. No, they want to say, you know, I started this thing. This is what I'm doing. Like, is that with you? What would you rather talk about without having to do all that stupid stuff where someone's like, yo, tell a joke for me real quick. Um, I'd rather talk about comedy and acting and stuff like that. Okay. You know, but again, I have to be, yeah, be your thing. Particularly like with the who I who I could discuss that with, you know what I'm saying? When and where. Um the police thing I never wanted I didn't I didn't really care to talk about because I knew that I wasn't a cop. Like I understood what a cop was once I went through the whole process. So I get the other side. All right. You know what I'm saying? And and I knew I wasn't a, a cop. Okay. So, so what what's I won't say epiphany. You already knew what you wanted to do. Was there a self-defining moment where you're like, I got to get out of this and I got to focus on comedy? Because you're getting the check. But was there ever that moment where you're like, that's it. It's this or nothing. Four, about four and a half years. Four, uh, let me see. About four, three and a half to four years into being a police officer at Suffolk. Okay. That's when I was like, yo, I got to get gone. Like, I got to go. Was, it. was it mental wear and tear? Was there something very specific? Or was it just, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm done? I mean, it was the combination of all of that. You know what I'm saying? It, like, it was a combination of um, really wanting to take what I was doing to the next level. Like, in acting and um, getting on television. You know, while doing commercials and things like that. And getting good gigs and all, network auditions. And I'm like, yo, I need to, I need that freedom to really... To really um, pursue this, and then I was getting it was the job was weighing on me, all the BS with the job was kind of weighing on me, and dealing with those personality types. Did you feel one part of your life suffering while doing these multiple things? Was it social life? Was it one of the two? Did you ever feel like your stand up got weaker at one point because of the job? Yeah, because I was doing too much. I wasn't able to focus on my writing as much as I wanted to. Um, once my 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 um, schedule got fuller, right. And um, it was certain festivals and gigs and things like that I couldn't do because I didn't have the vacation time. Did you ever think that comedy, it, it wouldn't work? Was there any point where you're like... That shit happens all the time. Man. Does it? Yeah, because you learn the business. You learn the reality of it because it went from a hobby to I want to make this my life. Okay, now you need to start figuring out how you're going to make money doing this. And then once you learn the business of it, it's like, damn, it's like, a, it's like music almost. You, know, right. you want to be a rapper or you want to be a vocalist or whatever. And then you get into the music business and you're like, damn, this doesn't have a lot to do with my talent. Right. Like it isn't, you know, at least me being successful isn't really just based on my talent. And then here comes the politics. Right. And it's almost like being in, in the office, uh, working those temp jobs and and doing that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the difference is, obviously, I love what I'm doing. So that's what makes it hard. To, and comedy is a real small business. 
Yeah. Real small business. So it's like a roller coaster. There's those days you wake up, you're on top of the world, and those days, mm -hmm. do you have a day where you feel like you're at your lowest point where you're like, I'm done? Yeah, like, oh, I quit like three weeks ago. Stop lying. On dogs, I quit. You like quit? Wait, wait, you quit comedy? I quit comedy like three weeks ago. Why? Like three, four weeks ago. That was tight. I was heat. I was mad, man. What happened? That said, um, was it just? It was just the the business of it, and then and then I'm like, damn, I spent too much time in Suffolk. You know what I'm saying? I spent at least five years too long at Suffolk. If I want to say five years too long at Suffolk, being employed here. Employed. So if you were not employed here, your career would be in a totally different place. Yeah, because I know people that are on. Like my people's are on. People are people I associate with are on. Like management, not on in the sense of you know who they are, but on the bubble, on the brink right. of getting that one thing that can make them on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you mean quit? How long? Like what? Like yeah, <laughs> how long? Like how long that. were you? How long were you done? Like what? what, what done was like this? a few days, man. Did you talk was, the whole way all your notebooks? Like time is. Nah, I quit. What did I do? I, I canceled one gig. Um, the, the roast battle show that I that I host monthly at Davis Square Theater. Um, on the last Thursday of, of every month. Uh, I had canceled that. I hit up my co-producer. Okay. I was like, yo, man, I ain't doing this shit. I'm good. Done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I had to take a break from stand-up. And that's it. I don't want to do this no more. What got you back in? Oh, the dude that hired me to be the host. The show got picked up by Comedy Central. Hey, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm back, bitch. <laughs> He's like, well, this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like an emotional journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can't quit. I got to do this with my people. No, I was like, no, we got money. Man, there's so many waitresses that need me in this country. Okay. So many lonely waitresses. How can I, how can I not share myself? You got it. It's, it's <laughs> they're they're out there. What's what was your highest point, comedy? Your biggest accomplishment to this day, hmm. comedy. The one the one thing you won't forget to this point because there's there's more to come. I was a Boston Comedy Festival finalist. That's real hard to do. That's real hard to do. You got to beat like a you got to beat like a thousand a couple thousand people to to get to that final eight. Yeah, you know. So that that was huge. That that's up there with a couple of big auditions I had. Okay. Yeah. All right. How uh how much sleep do you get? Um. Not much. You coffee guy or are you? Uh, now I am. Really? Yeah, I do the coffee now, man. Yeah, I have to live by it. Shit, I I just got back from Los Angeles. What uh, two o'clock in the morning, right? Um, yeah. Third, so through two o'clock this morning, and then at nine thirty I had to. Take my daughter to an appointment. Then I had a audition at Boston Casting. Then I had another appointment. Then I had uh, the podcast. And after this, I'm going to do a show on like Marlboro on like five hours sleep. Like Marlboro, Massachusetts. Mass. Yep. Yep. You need more coffee yeah, immediately. Dude. So what's your what's your goal? And not just like money. Is it a sense of freedom? Is it the the achievement itself? Like what? No, that's actually different. What's what's your goal with comedy? I'll, I'll keep it keep it concrete. I just want to be working. You know, I just want to do something I like doing and, and get paid off it and live comfortable, live comfortably. You know so, what I'm saying? So that that's really that. You know, um, and that for me, that's going to take some TV credits and some other things that 
Um, it's going to take a fan base. You know, um, that you can kind of build on your own now with the internet. You know, um, and that's something I'm trying to learn and understand, like marketing and branding, stuff like that. And um, also different, like like TV spots does a, can go a long way for you. A TV spot is like validation. Getting on late night, like Conan or getting on The Meltdown on um, Comedy Central, any one of those stand-up shows, that's a stamp. So that gets you more money. It gets you, that's like, you're good with colleges. Now you're getting $2,000 gigs in colleges. You could do any facet of entertainment. Someone just said, well, pick, take your pick. Is it acting? Is it stand-up? Is it on a regular basis? Is it TV shows? You writing? What's like your, that one thing you would do every single day? It would be acting. I like, I love the camera. I love the camera more than the stage. Stage is hard, man. Well, the hard part for me and um, with the stage is that as a comedian, you're like a philosopher. You know what I'm saying? You're very opinionated. Right. We're, a lot of us are like that, and I hate to see people's reactions to that. That's what I don't like. I don't like to see how people react to what, because I can tell when they don't agree. Uh, it's like, I, I do this all the time. Does that matter to you? It shouldn't, but it does. Really? Yeah, because it, it, it's like, you don't have to be upset. You can just say, I don't agree with what he's saying. You don't got to be upset. You don't have to fold your arms. So it doesn't bother you that they don't agree. It's just the, the way they show it. Yeah, it's just, you know, just you can just object. That's it. It's, you know what I'm saying? Or just sit there quietly. Don't make faces. Or tell your husband to shut up. Or, you know what I mean? This woman did that to me. I was at Comics at Foxwoods. Comics is a comedy club. At uh, not Fox, but I'm sorry, they they moved. They're at um, Mohegan Sun. Okay. And I'm there, and um, this guy's with his wife up front, and I'm talking about, I think I'm talking about Hillary Clinton. Dang, wait, just says whatever. I can't talk about that. She's probably a waitress too. Like, no, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> For, that I forgot about. What are you? <laughs> you never called. Yeah, right. Like, like forty nine. He called you. you got the drunk. uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. And her husband was dying. She was like, "Stop it!" She put her hand in his mouth. Stop. I hate that. I hate when people do that. He was like, "Why?" He was like, "This shit's funny." You kidding me? These kids are hysterical. And this guy was dying. And she was just no. And I'm like. Why would you do that? That's stupid. Cause you didn't you didn't like what I was talking about, and you want to stop your husband from having having fun, which you know, woman shit. <laughs> yeah, you're clearly a hilarious dude, and I've always known you to be pretty funny. But I feel like stand up really is, for me personally speaking, just a vehicle for you. Like the life, I don't think the lifestyle, I don't think the art form. Fits you or really fulfills you of what you're trying to do. No, and it doesn't really showcase fully it, what I can do. That, that's another thing. Some people are able to to kind of, you know, um, they're funny really manifest through that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're really good at fully getting it out there. And I think with me, it's more with um, the camera, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, That that's... Like, cause you can't teach timing. It's right. hard to teach timing. It's kind of right. it's uh, you can. It's almost like relative pitch versus perfect pitch. I don't know. You, you know what that is? You, right. You, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, exactly. Like, it's like some people just have the ear. Like I knew a guy. You just tap on the wall. 
he can tell you what key it was in. Really? You can't teach that. Like, he just has it. Whereas, you know, relative pitch, you can, you know, kind of guess or whatever. But, but yeah, like with timing, you can't really teach it. Yeah. You know, you just have it. Some people just have it. You know, like people like Robin Wood, he just had it. Right. John Leguizamo, he just has it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Will Fowler, these people just, they just have it, man. And um, I think I have, I'm the most effective through that, through that medium, like sketches, all that other shit. Well, I'm glad you're kind of set up it. And really, I mean, it's one thing to have a dream, but everyone has ideas. The big thing is executing. And it seems like you got a good, solid idea on how to do that. And I think if you keep doing it personally, good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish you the best of luck with that, man. I know it's going to work. Keep doing your thing. Do you have a website? Go to my website. I put everything up there. SeanBedgood.com. That's Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Well, shit, they can read because they're going to click on a fucking podcast. Right. Right. So just take that, my last name, and dot com, and boom. Uh, we like to like, thank everyone for uh, joining us on our very first podcast ever here at the Moonlighters Club. Be sure to check up for Sean and check up for us. We have a Facebook page. It's just Moonlighters Club. Feel free to check out our website, moonlightersclub.com. And if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Feel free to send us emails or just send us messages on Facebook. If you would like to talk to us, we'd like to talk to you as well. Thank you.